Lua, si ori e roi bani soro yi 090-81-200-200 Bakono, Testimony Prophetic Link Lori Facebook Ati Baba Testimony 123 Lori Instagram Jesu Lolua Fresh FM Abel Kuta 107.9 Fresh FM 107.9 Abel Kuta Broadcasting worldwide, the latest hits and the greatest memories. Fresh, fresh, 107.9 FM.
very good morning from Fresh 107.9 FM at Belkuta. Welcome, welcome to Freshly Pressed. My name's Rolake and I've got the one, the only, Hakim Karim in the building. Good morning, sir. Welcome. I like this, I like this, your hairstyle. I wish, <laughs> I wish our, our listeners could see it. Maybe we should just go. No, like, no, no. This is like Yvonne Chaka Chaka. Um, I'm feeling the vibe of all my mama. Because Africans. last time we saw you, told me you were going to the salon. So yeah. When you came to the salon, I was like, is this the new style? Uns- it was an unsuccessful visit to the salon. <laughs> so my afro, my afro is the style, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you, my boy just came to me, Daddy, you want to keep our hair? Yeah. Keep what? Yes, they want to grow a little afro. No, when we go to the salon and we just shape it, we not. I said, are you serious? <laughs> All three of them came to meet you. <laughs> I said, that, you know, even the last time, I mean, shaved the particular side, go to school, they asked him to go and cut, cut everything it. up. And now, it's, do you know what I'm saying? They want to have. They want I don't know what's, what's happening. I, I I'm love lo- it. I'm losing control gradually. Please, please don't judge them. If we see the pictures of our no, grandparents. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not judging. Our I'm grandparents not. all had Afro with that side. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not judging. But you, you, know, you know that when it, comes to, when it comes to dressing, when it comes to appearance, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a bit conservative. Yes, yes. And, uh, but the boys are showing me, no, no this no, is our no, time. No. They are telling me, don't, don't worry, we just go to Uncle Yusuf, the guy who bows for them. Know he knows what to do. He knows what to do. You just shape it and we'll come back home. It won't be rough. It won't be rough. I love them. They thought it all through. I love them very nice. But well, I use veto power. Yeah, I know now. It's not you. You know you're Nigerian. <laughs> you, yes, you man, Nigeria. You show yourself. You're showing oh, your power. Oh, including Nigerian yes, women. So, no, the men mostly. <laughs> the Nigerian men use veto power. They do. So what do Nigerian women use? Manipulation. Man, well, that's all over the world. Nigerian women, not just women Nigerian manipulate. women. Women like all over the world. Master so, manipulators. Which one would you prefer? A, a man with vertical power or a woman with manipulation I'll prefer that manipulation will... that can manipulate things in my favor that can manipulate and change if you are the other hand it doesn't matter at least it's in my favor <laughs> <laughs> I, so prefer, you, I prefer vertical power see, so you can just so come and chance people. because the manipulator can manipulate the person with the vertical power that's true that's the idea so you it's have a bigger vet- power that's why right now you think you have vertical power but really Madam is the one that well, is controlling Maybe she's message coming from us, so I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You never know. <laughs> because she tacitly supported them. Yeah, you see? I, I know this so thing. So what's in the news, though? Let's start off with a story coming out of Ogun State. And this one's about Islamic leaders and Ogun traditionalists clashing over Oro curfew. The heading says, Islam Islamic leaders, Ogun traditionalists, may clash over Oro curfew. There is palpable fear in the Okpokia local government area of Ogun State as Islamic leaders in the community have threatened a showdown with leaders of the Oro adherents over imposition of a curfew. The traditionalists were alleged to have imposed a curfew on the people in the area as part of activities marking this year's Oro Orisha Oba Festival in Ipokia. The chief imam of the area, Al-Imam Abduwali, said the curfew contravened a court's judgment and a peaceful pact banning such practice during the festival. Abduwali is the chief imam of Omar bin Katab Mosque, Oda Ajay, behind General Hospital, Idi Iroko. The traditionalists in August 2019 stormed the mosque and dispersed Muslim faithful, observing afternoon prayers for allegedly acting contrary to their warnings while they observed their ritual. The traditionalists also allegedly, allegedly shattered the doors and windows of the mosque. Stakeholders in the area later met and entered into an agreement to forestall a recurrence of the incident. Abduwali, popularly known as Omaki, said the curfew, if not reversed, could plunge the community and the state into a religious crisis. He noted that the Ora Derrens had already announced plans to hold this year's festival in the daytime, beginning from Saturday. 
he said it remains surprising that Oro Oro Orisha Oba members in Ipokia continue to pay deaf ears to different peace agreements reached between Muslims, Christians, and traditional adherents in Ipokia. Meanwhile, a restriction order has been placed on the celebration of Oro Orisha Oba festival during daytime, restricting the celebration to hold between 12 a.m. and 4 a.m. I'm going to stop right there, track the rest of the story from the Punch newspaper. Islamic leaders, Ogun traditionalists may clash over Oro curfew. I think my first question is, why do they want to do the Oro festival during the day? I, I assume that traditionally it used to happen at night, but I've never experienced an Oro festival. So all these, I'm just, you know, assuming. Wolo, Apparently that's what they say, but I don't know why. I'm even, curious. Even, uh, I don't know what they call it. Those of us are on, they are uninitiated. Oh, Your so brothers like me. Yeah, not just, oh, so we're in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so, like, so, like, you know that it's not because of a male chauvinism and okay, uh, things okay. like that. But I think, uh, most importantly, uh, the Ogo Festival, as it were, mm. is a religion, or it's a religious activity of some sect of people, Afri- African traditionalists, and uh, they have a right to their festival. Mm. The Muslims have a right to their uh, way of worship, way of life, and uh, I think if uh, in any way uh, the, the two religious groups mm. should be able to uh, harmoniously correlate in a way that will not disrupt uh, the fundamental human rights of any of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I know that for a fact. I schooled in Ogumo Shore, mm. and uh, in, in those times, between like the and two thousand, we used to hear of Ogo Festival was inside the town. Really, they, they, they won't come towards Where the, the students' is. area, okay. you know. And uh, it's always in the dead of the night. They will fling those things out, make those noise. Somebody and, uh, said that thing that's making noise going to the Oro. I've not seen it. <laughs> Maybe the person is an initiator. An initiator. So you know, you know some initiator people, Abi? No. Also, who told you? <laughs> so you people speculate a lot of things in this country. <laughs> so, you know. Also, it, it goes on like that. And then, you see, we have had this discussion, myself and Topo Edward, with Samson Kennedy some time ago, and uh, in the in the discharge exercise of your own fundamental rights, do you have a right to infringe on other or infringe, You know, apparently you don't have that right. No. Uh, even though no rights are unlimited, all rights have limitations. But then I think the local government, uh, council leader, is stepping into the security council meeting. I hope they have an agreement. And the thing that is funny, the, that, that is worrisome is that, the, the the Muslim group now claim that there actually was an agreement. Mm. Yes. That there was even a court judgment to that effect. And so are the Ogo adherents now going about deliberately trying to to violate the judgment if they, if if it exists at, in any way mm. or the agreement that they have had that okay you are going to do this between twelve midnight to four a.m. so that people want to move around. And I think there are some of our cultures, some of our cultures that I think are actually very backward and uh, needs to be needs to be worked on. Mm. Yeah, you, you and I have discussed this many times off here that one of the problems we have for our, economically is because we sleep too much as a people. Mm. We, we, we are, our society closes by 8 p.m. and everything shuts down. If not for recently, where social life activities comes in, people sell food, mm. people sell drinks, clubhouses. You see, the people may say, oh, it's waywardness. But it's creating jobs or unemployment the, and ma- it's a whole industry. Eventually, so. because the, the people that are supposed to create jobs cannot even create an environment. Mm. So because we sleep too much in the night, while other economies are working in the factories, yeah. everywhere, people want to relax and also go and relax and the likes. We have hours that is short between 10 p.m. usually and f- 6 a.m. most of the time. 
at times because of security, at times because of electricity. Uh, electricity most uh, a lot of things, you know. And you realize that any nation, even not even a nation, anybody who wants to achieve its potentials must turn its night into day. Hmm. Must turn a substantial part of his night into day. That's why I see a lot of leaders, they sleep as early, as late as 2 a.m., and by 8 a.m., they're on their desk. Mm. You know, And that is why leadership calls for people that are strong with good health. So I, I think if we are one and struggling to have viable economies, make turn our nights into days so that we can improve our economic productivity, enhance our GDP, and improve our security. And at this time, age of people are bringing, asking people to. Stay at home Stay on a specific day. On a thing that we add no value or benefit to them. When, when, when in Ikokia, when the when the fuller uh, the cattle elders, they say we should not say fuller again. Mm. When the cattle elders were ravaging those areas, where was the Yoruba people? <laughs> where were the Yoruba people? <laughs> that's put, not part of their purview. That's not part of <laughs> their purview. But they can receive you know some people from moving people around, and that means they have considered themselves into an authority. Indeed. Which authority? Mm. It's only the government that has authority to declare a curfew. No individual, no chief priest, no chief imam, no pastor, no matter how strong you are, mm. has a considerable capacity or power mm. to do so. So this thing is just, I think the government of Ipokia, the government should just look into it and let this go down and not cause any up evil. We already have too many issues on our hands. Exactly. Than to be inviting more wahala. And to think that, you know, next year, they're still going to have the Uroba Festival. So they need a permanent solution and a permanent way that to acceptable. That, by that, all parties involved. By all parties involved. Yes. Let's move away from that story. I'm taking it to Niger State next from the Punch newspaper and the heading reads, Niger School Invasion. Bandits tied 42 abductees in pairs fled to bush on motorbikes, says residents. A resident who witnessed the kidnapping of 27 students and 15 workers of Government Science College, Kagara, in the Rafi local government area of Niger State, has described how kidnappers tied their victims in pairs and took them away. The man who lives close to the school confided in the punch on Wednesday that the bandits who wore military uniform stormed the school at 2 a.m. When one of our correspondents got to the school at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, he observed that many buildings, including classrooms and hostels, were dilapidated. The source who described how the incident occurred disclosed that before moving to the GSS Kagara, the bandits had parked their motorcycles close to Atahiro Secondary School, a distance of one kilometer to the GSS Kagara. He stated, When they, the victims, were being taken away, I saw that they were tied in pairs and matched to where the motorcycles were parked from where they were taken into the bush. A worker of the school, who spoke on condition of anonymity, told the punch that the gunmen entered the school from the rear, where the fence had fallen. According to him, they headed the staff quarters. They headed to the staff quarters, where 15 workers, including teachers, were kidnapped before going to students' hostel. According to a source, a senior secondary school three, Benjamin Abila, who raised the alarm when the bandits were approaching the hostel, was shot dead. They abducted 27 students in the hostel and tied all the abductees in pairs before taking them out of the school, the source stated. Another source lamented the dilapidation of the school, saying it was prone to bandits' attacks. Kamis Tahir, parent of a worker in the school, in an interview with The Punch said, I got a call that kidnappers had invaded Government Science College, Kagara. Immediately after my prayer, I moved down to the school. I realized that my daughter, together with some students, had been kidnapped. We are here, and many security agents have been moving up and down here. But up till now, we have not heard anything. The state governor, Abubakar Sani Bello, after a security meeting in Mina, the state capital, ordered the immediate closure of boarding schools in four local government areas of the state, which had witnessed 
increased kidnappings. The local government areas affected are Rafi, Mariga, Munia, and Shiroro. Bello said the action was necessary to save lives of the students as the areas had already been taken over by bandits. The governor appealed to the president, Muhammadu Buhari, to deploy necessary mechanism in flushing out the bandits. He rolled out payment of ransom to free the abducted students and workers, saying the state government adopted the policy to discourage the kidnappers from using the proceeds of their crime to purchase more weapons. Also on Wednesday, the governor met with Kaduna-based cleric Sheikh Ahmed Gumi at the government house Mina. After the meeting, Gumi told journalists that he would visit Kagara, where the 27 students were kidnapped. The governor and I spoke on several ways to deal with insecurity in a holistic manner and find solutions to the insecurity problem in the state, the cleric stated. Meanwhile, Senior Special Assistant to the President on Media and Publicity, Garba Shehu, on Wednesday, said the President had directed the armed forces and police to ensure immediate and safe return of abducted students. I'm going to stop right there, track the rest of the story from the Punch newspaper. And the heading reads, Niger School Invasion, Bandits Tied 42 Abductees in Pairs Fled to Bush on Motorbikes. Yes, seems the bandits have a template. Mm. Come in, do motorbikes, park somewhere, go into the school, mm. and then leave via motorbikes. And at that time, in such an area that is prone to crisis, bandits, they have unfettered access. They, uh, they are able to move around. Nobody stops them f- from where they, where, where they kidnap those students. So they get inside the bush, and then it happens like that. And the uh, government goes after them, negotiates. We probably pay a ransom or not. Mm. The students are released. We have press statements. We congratulate the government and we go to sleep again. Then it happens again and the vicious cycle continues, continues and the uh, kidnappers become emboldened, uh, become more audacious and uh, now they have more money to deal with. They can buy more weapons. They can do a lot more other things. And the irony of it for me is that uh, we have uh, been, we, I, I think as a people, as a government, we are stuck uh, in, in a way to say, oh, let's just wait, maybe by 2023, these things will come over. I, ha- I heard the news that the, uh, the Heineken has fixed February 18 or thereabouts mm-hmm. for the 2023 general elections. And uh, maybe from the next two months, all activities will be centered on elections. But a lot of things that need to be done are yet to be done. Uh, in that report, I read it from the start to the end. And the Senate also asked Mr. President to declare state of emergency mm. and security. I don't know what that means. <laughs> this statement, declare state of emergency, is just statements, just like saying, uh, declare state of emergency. After what happens? It's like something wh- I said yesterday. Who is going to use, who's going to use the emergency powers? I don't know which the, one of the, the governors. You know, you know, yeah, I, sorry, okay. Let me hear you. I saw something, one of the governors of the senators as well saying, um, carrying fire, make carrying firearms illegal. And I thought to myself, is it not already illegal? How can we make yeah, what is already No, I think the person who good was uh, the governor of... Uh, <laughs> The governor of uh, Bauchi State, State, who yes, said, yes, can't the head has used AK-47 to protect their cattle. And now he actually made the vote fast and say, and he said that he was quoted out, misquoted. And that's always the excuse that they were quoted out. He should provide the context, he, 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 <laughs> said, he said it, and let's know. And why is it that when politicians talk, 
they said they are quoted out of context. Why don't they make the context clear? I say for emphasis, please don't quote out of context. This is what I mean, you know. So on this, I think the Senate, the Senate did well by addressing it. I saw the three senators from, from Niger State talked about it. I saw on this yesterday the governor of um, Niger State, Al Haji, Sani Bello, he spoke about it also. And uh, I think uh, as a people, we are too reactive on security issues. I think the governor has not, has, uh, did the right thing lately. Mm. He's asked schools with body now to be closed. Mm. I think that should have been done before now. He should not have waited until now. The other day, was was it not Casino State, mm. you know? And all these places, they have boundaries. They said they go into the bush. They say, even said the bush in Niger State extends as far as Zamfara State. Mm-hmm. And you know Zamfara State, you know where it leads to. Mm-hmm. And so before you know it, those guys have not even been in, the, in, in Nigeria, Nigeria territory mm-hmm. again, you know? And so uh, the Senate, I think the, as much as they did well, they also fell short of my expectation. Okay. Instead of asking Mr. President to declare state of emergency, I think they should have invited Mr. President again. Now, what are your plans? What are you doing to security? It's not about ordering, ordering. Yes, you know, he's not saying the National Security Advisor, Mr. Moguno, he sent the IGP and uh, uh, the Interior Minister. They went there, made beautiful speeches, and said, oh, we'll, get, we'll get the kids. Why must we always have to go after the kids? Some of the kids we have not gotten in the recent past yes. because we allowed them to be kidnapped. In the first place. In the first place. So, and now it brings us to the issue of security. The Nigerian Army, as well populated, as good as they have, Cannot defend every school in Nigeria. Indeed. Cannot even defend every school in all those areas. So, what it means that the local security apparatus available must be strengthened, must be potent enough mm. to protect the people in those schools. In that Kagara area, maybe it's a local government, if there was a, a, a well equipped security uh, a police post or a police station that has uh, telecommunication devices, apparently they would have noticed, somebody would have raised an alarm. The and then, you bikes know, that are packed here. You know, and there, there would have been surveillance, security information passed around, and before those guys got too far, they would have been apprehended. But it's not working. And now when it happens, you now have a knee-jerk reaction. Mr. President will now send his minister to go there, they'll go in the private jet, take pictures, do all sorts of things. Even when they are doing this, watch their videos. Mm. Their body movement does not depict the soberness of those situations. They are just saying that, oh, I want to so share one. I want to share one. You know, they, they are not even bothered or concerned as parents. Mm. You know, I, 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 I read the report. That same report, Mr. Moguno was saying, uh, what happens to us? We cannot even defend ourselves. Yes, yes, Can yes. you imagine? Well, like, yes, hey, that's what hey, happened to man or oh, man. Oh. Man or oh, man. <laughs> you know, somebody is carrying hands. I say, at times they go there with three rounds of bullets. So we wait to know whether he has three rounds of ammunition. Yesterday, we saw pictures of bandits with RPG. Hey, you, you know, know, you, know you, are, you are going to, now asking people, I, I said, please disrespect, disregard that, that instruction of Mr. Moguno. That villagers should stand. So that stand the for what? Know. That they too, they are not easy. Why not not equip community policing? Why not equip uh, local vigilantes to be able to arrest the situation? Do you understand? Within the enabling structure of fighting Mm. security, why don't we have uh, the community more involved? Why don't we give more powers to the governors? Why don't we give more powers to governors to deploy troops? As opposed to, to telling villagers to face To, to face um, uh, um, people that are armed. Um, the, 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 the young chap that, that shouted was shot dead yeah, instantly. Student, so are you saying, life. because maybe in one instance they went with three rounds of ammunition, that it means that other times they are going there with three rounds of ammunition, it's a wrong directive and even shows that the, the person who called the National Security Advisor is no probably not well grounded on the reality of the situation. He may be a security expert. He may have a good track record in, in, in security matters, but on this issue, he's not well grounded on the on, on the approach 
on and how to go about it. The other day, another minister was saying that they were going to put all uh, camera CCTV on all the expressway. Mm. So when the uh, people go into the bush, we the camera follow them into inside the, the inside the bush. When you say technology, going. we need technology. Maybe area surveillance on man area surveillance that will we capture everything. So you know, know, they know where exactly they are. Not that we are going to waste our money. Say you have bought CCV of ten billion dollars, and then you have given some contract of two hundred million dollars monthly, and after six months we don't see anything again. Anything. No, what we say for technology, we need reasonable technology, not waste of money. Hmm. Not that CCV is a bad idea, but you and I know that it will not solve this issue hmm. uh, the, way, the way we want. Maybe an, the, the other day was talking of an unmanned aircraft that we got. Where is it? Why? 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 Why is it not helping our security operations? And above the issue of equipment, above the issue of men, I think the structures we have in place where everything has to come from the president. The other day we were talking about Shasha crisis mm. and how the people in the battle had to wait until IG, after 96 hours, sent a deployment to Shasha where the thing had even gone down. Mm. Do you understand? That is not the way to fight insecurity. The way to fight insecurity is that the earliest response. You have to be proactive, not reactive. The fastest response to it, five minutes later, when I was much younger, when I used to read this, James Ali Chase. I read a story where if you give a particular a particular criminal a five minutes lead, you never you get him. Never him you again. will never get him again. Just a five minutes lead. But now we give these criminals and hoodlums and bandits. I use those those words deliberately. Ninety-six hours. And, and you, you expect them. So the only thing that will happen is that we are going to send Shegu. They have sent Shegumi to them now. <laughs> I hope one day in future there will be no bad records of Shegumi uh, being indicted in all these processes. Because when you keep saying you are the person that can go after the bandits, they can hear you, they have your confidence. One day, the, the sword that we have been using that, that works for the bandits will be used against you. you. That, ah, you know, number of Leno, but you ain't going to one share an issue. And I'm scared for the integrity of Sheigumi. Hmm. Let's track another story. This one's from the Punch newspaper. And the heading reads Fundraising. Yeah, yes, story. fundraising for Sunday Boho is defeatist. It goes on to explain that there are at least two fundraising efforts ongoing for Sunday Igboho, now deemed a Yoruba freedom fighter. So far, one has garnered £43,024, raised out of £100,000, while another one has raised about $4,000. A couple of weeks ago, when I got the links urging me to donate those funds, I thought the, the initiative would not get far. I must have underestimated the degree of collective frustration against the present leadership. From sums ranging from £5 to £500, people are committing themselves to the noble project of salvaging their homeland from Marumidons. I am aware that a similar fundraising raising effort is ongoing by some IPOB members who also want to support the Eastern Security Network. I should also put it on record that Sunday Igboho himself has stated several times that he would not be accepting public donations, yet people are moved to give to his cause. When you read the various comments that accompany many of the donations on the website they are being collected, you realize how massively disillusioned people have become with this present administration and their failure to achieve anything worthwhile in the past six years. There seems to be a pervasive sense of helplessness and hopelessness filling up everywhere, and it shows in the commentary. They not only feel unsafe in their own country, but they also seem to have lost faith in the capability of the state to pro protect them. Nigeria is faltering badly, and the lack of seriousness our leaders have been displaying heightens the apprehension that things could get even worse. We have gone from a people who had high expectations of the leaders voted into power in 2015 to the point of overlooking their crucial role in providing security nationwide. 
The story goes on to say that things are so bad that people now circulate phone numbers of those to call to report any unusual movement of herders. Such moves are a recipe for brewing trouble. At this rate, we will generate so much heat, we will combust this already precarious nation. The ethnic clash that recently occurred in Shasha Market in Ibadan is an example. Such tensions have occurred in the past, but given the backdrop of herdsmen violence and banditry, existing frictions will be upscaled to the point that every perceived slight will ignite the release of latent aggression. Thus, one cannot blame those giving their Torah couple to preemptively support the mercenaries and militias they expect will protect them from both bandits and ineffectual governments. I want to stop right there. Um, you can track the rest of this. I think it's an opinion piece from the Punch newspaper and the heading reads, Fundraising for Sunday Igbo is defeatist and it was written by Abimbola Adelakun. Now, I've been mentioning this in Ibadan. I think I've touched on it a little bit uh, um, to Hakim Karim, how I stumbled on some of these vlogs owned by Nigerians in diaspora on YouTube, and I got stuck watching it. No, for days, oh, for days, I'm telling you, I don't know why, but I kept going back just to see what my people in diaspora are thinking, what they are feeling, and what they have to say about all the insecurity issues happening in Nigeria, especially in the Southwest. So the vlog I was watching in particular was by Yoruba person, and it was spoken in all Yoruba, but the kind of venom. venom. The kind of venom some of our brothers and sisters in diaspora spewing. It made me really scared, and I was thankful that not a lot of Nigerians have access to YouTube to be able to see the kind of things that are being spilled. Some of it... It gets to WhatsApp. It gets to WhatsApp. Some people uh, copy, short, 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 and share. And now, this, this is the thing for me. I know Nigerians are patriotic, wherever they are. I know, unfortunately, um, the situation in Nigeria has brought out the tribal sen sentiments, and I dare say primordial tribal sentiments in Nigerians, more than the nationality, the Nigerian nationality that should be enough. Growing up, uh, I, I, I always say myself as a Nigerian, even before I think I'm a Yoruba person, growing up... Um, you're Nigerian but, first. Yes. Back I, in the yeah, day when you were growing yeah, up. Yeah. And now, even, even now, I still think I'm, I'm supposed to be more Nigerian than Yoruba, but then I, I also, I'm also of the opinion that you can't be Nigerian without being a Yoruba or Igbo or Efik or whatever, or whatever but tribe. then it shouldn't clash. And you see, on this issue of Sunday Boo insecurity in Nigeria, we, are, we all agree that there's a lacuna, there are, that there are gaps, that there are situations that um, have brought up star boys. People know that we should not uh, glamorize, we have glamorized them. Unfortunately, the society has made us to uh, worship people that we should not have uh, come close to in any way. The leadership of the country and the state government are at different levels. But the, the, when there's a lacuna in leadership, someone has to fill the vacuum. Uh, however, how they have been going about it is something that I do not like. I don't watch YouTube, I don't watch the videos, but I know I see some videos, I see some restaurants on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm shocked, I'm bewildered, I'm flabbergasted that why could Nigerians in diaspora be actually wishing us bad? Mm, wanting us to, you know, disintegrate, mm -hmm. wanting a war to occur. Meanwhile, you're in the comfort of the country. I'm going to quote Justin Taylor now. Justin Taylor is my friend, you know him, I go back. And uh, in America, a few days ago, he tweeted, on, uh, he tweeted and I saw it asking him, no, I, I live in the comfort of America, even when there are differences, mm. even when there are gun issues, mm. even when there are issues of uh, killing of black men. Mm. But that would not say that it's a perfect society, but it's a society that is better than where I came from. Mm. But I will not be here and be throwing stones, drawing, drawing embers of war. 
drawing drums of war for the people in my homeland. Do you understand? It's their it's homeland. But because they are safe where they are, they feel they want to put money for people to go on insurrection mm. agenda. As much as I feel, and now I, I stand to be quoted, as much as I feel that the Yorubans will do better, all the tribes in Nigeria will do better within the context of a loose federation where the states, where, where the regions have control over their resources, mm. where the uh, regions have control over their policies of education and basic things. We don't have time to go into that now. In the context of a loose federation like they have in Switzerland, mm. where you just have a maybe a nominal ceremonial prime minister or president who is just for foreign affairs and for going to Commonwealth, United Nations and all those stuff. But where you, and the, the regions pay taxes up, up, up there, there. For, for the upkeep. You know, I'm, I, I know every region will do will develop their pace. Everybody region will develop as its own unique selling point. If it's your, if it's education, if it's commerce, if it's, if it's ICT, whatever it is, work on it. If I want to go to wherever, let me get a visa to go there to maybe Biafra. No, uh, not Where Biafra. Do you just understand? Yes, I understand. But then when completely. some people feel that until a war breaks out. I tell you, you may know the start of a war. Nobody knows how it's going to end. War and so those people, those people <laughs> throwing the, uh, finding the embers of war, should desist from it. Should desist. The if they want, question has said it's not even going to receive Even if they want to send money. How many times have you seen that you say, oh, I can't foundation for youth empowerment. How, many money, how much have you sent to me to, to empower much. the youth? Oh, All that, well, like recycling, you know, But when it's going to be about... I, I, when people would die, that's when you now remember your insurrectionist agenda. Hmm. I am vehemently against it. And I think anybody who does that from afar, you know, if you want to come here, come here, come and face the DSS, come on, let's join, we'll join hands with you. Don't be in New York or New Jersey or where did they, where did, the uh, UK, wherever you are, Canada, and we throw stones of Ogun into us because we'll not go to war. Because we don't have to go to war to solve our problems. Because Rwanda happened this way. Mm. Because the elites, the media, refuse to take ownership of the process. And I, Rolaka, and others will not allow this nation to go that way. We have a responsibility to this nation to ensure that even if there's injustice, they will, even if there's injustice, we should maintain our peace. Mm. Because it's only when there's peace that we can address those injustices. Exactly. Not when, when, when we are at war. Exactly. And so, all these uh, people, I call them, uh, I don't, don't let me use the word already. <laughs> don't these people, let's call them that. Them, them. I want to be. We've got bills to pay. We're taking a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll open up the studio lines for your contribution. Don't go anywhere. Keep it on Fresh 107.9 FM at Bell Kuta. Academy Suite, telephone 0817-666-601. Academy Suite, home away from home. 
Hello, good afternoon. How may I help you, please? Yes, I would like to buy data to watch plenty, plenty videos. You know now, music, sports, in short, everything on YouTube. What is your budget, sir? As low as possible. Well, how does 15 naira for an hour sound? 15 naira for one hour? Ha! Talk true! Yes, with Glow YouTube Plan, you can stream all your favorite YouTube videos for as low as 50 naira. Hey, what do I do? Simply dial star 777 hash to get started. Get the super affordable YouTube time-based plans from Glow and start feasting on your favorite YouTube videos for as low as 50 naira for one hour during the day and 50 naira for five hours at night. Dial star 777 hash, select data, select social bundle, and select YouTube to choose the Glow YouTube plan that's just right for you. Glow Unlimited. You're listening to 107.9 Fresh FM. Fresh 107.9 FM, Abel Kuta, welcome back to Freshly Pressed. Hakim Karim and I are in the building and together we've been tracking stories for you from newspapers across the country and around the world. Our studio lines are live. You can call us on 080-3322-1079, And on Twitter, you can drop your comments at... Fresh FM Ibadan. Once again on Twitter, it's at Fresh FM Abel Okuta, not Ibadan. Please, Fresh FM Abel Okuta. And you can tag me as well. You, are, you are a lady of many parts. Yes, so many, many. Lagos, Lagos. I will be very soon, Yankee. No, Canada. And Yankee. There's nothing wrong with being a global citizen. I can oh. even add Switzerland as well if you like. <laughs> Hello, good morning. Hi, good morning. <laughs> Hello, good morning. Good morning to you. What's your name, please, and where are you calling me from? I like you. I'm going to recognize my name. I'm calling from Nigeria. Nice to have you on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Giving me the correct information. It is a pity. This administration, we are having the major retirement general. And you see what the advisor has taken. You don't see the issue. They continue to take what is politics with you.
Sorry, Alaji, you're going to have to call us back, please, sir. The network isn't cooperating where you are. We're struggling to hear you clearly and to hear your contribution clearly as well. 080-3322-1079. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Ronaka Bello. Good morning to you, sir. Welcome. Good morning, Akim. Sorry. Morning, morning, sir. My name is Paul O'Neill. I'm calling from Adolf. Nice to have you on the show. Welcome, Mr. Paul O'Neill. Let's have your contribution today. Thank you very much. Uh, I love. Uh, I keep Tariq's uh, submission this morning mm. about uh, uh, federal true federalism that he has said. Mm. I don't. I, I'm sure you must have seen a post uh, I sent viral yesterday. You know, it's titled "Why is it called United Arab Emirates?" Yes, I saw it. I saw it. Thank you very much. You you can imagine. They are of seven distinct, you know, uh, the nations as it were coming together. And you know, some of them don't even have oil and they don't even sell oil, they don't spend oil money. Some of them don't do use of hospitality. Some of them have laws that you don't drink alcohol, mm. while others drink alcohol. Mm. So I don't know why we are forcing people together under tourists. What is happening in Nigeria can only happen in Nigeria where the National Assembly is delineated by landmass. When landmass does not even equate to, to population, it is a cheating, it is, it is illegal, it is, it, it, in this circuit, it is slavery for you to take the part of Lagos to Kano where they don't drink alcohol. It is wrong. And until we really do a change of it, Nigeria cannot progress. Mm. But having said that, what we already have, states should take responsibility. Governors should try to secure their environment until true state police comes. And I will continue to preach if they kill our people, our people should kill them in return. We can take that, Mr. Paloni. We need you to take that back, please. Please, please, please. Then let's go to Rwanda. Thank you. Let me take it back. Let me take it back. But no people ask prerogative of violence. They should stop killing our people. You said it in another way. Thank you very much, Mr. Paloni. I like your political correctness. That's the way you said it in another way. I understand what Mr. Polony is saying, basically, that, you know, nobody has, you know, the veto power of, you know, being the aggressor and the oppressor while the other people stay as the victims. And to be honest, what Mr. Polony said is not far off from what the defense minister advised, to be honest, even though we said when the defense minister gave the advice to that Nigerians should not listen to that. We expect that the security agencies mm-hmm. are the well, ones that, men. you know, will face the armed men. <laughs> what I do agree <laughs> is that every man has the right to prove protect his family and his property but you know how you protect your family and your property i guess if the law decides that it's not you know self-defense and it's murder they are going to go to jail so let's not even try at all let's i don't know if i'm making any sense hello good morning good morning Rolake. good morning to you welcome Akim. 
Money, my sir. brother, the lectible one. God bless you. Ask me, I'm, as me, I'm not your sister. It's okay, Mr. Kaede. Let's have your conversation. <laughs> my sister, <laughs> my great sister, <laughs> <teacher, laughs> the new way I do. The new way I do. God bless you. Amen, sir. <laughs> uh, God will bless us all in this country. Amen, God amen. is going to take away our sorrows and bring joy for us and strength. Let me say this. You see, can you drink the cup I drink? Somebody said it uh, in the Holy Bible. Okay. But then I was looking at it where the issue of emergency is now coming mm. and where the issue of Minister for Defense is also coming and where the issue where we see Sunday book also comes. You see, these are established principles of defense, established principle of self-defense, established principle of effective leadership which demands personal sacrifice you see these people want us to sacrifice as well if they are now doing this how did we see these people that we find them wearing army uniforms every other day perpetrating evil propping up insecurities in our land and then we continue to stay back as if we are helpless we are not that so helpless but if there is an emergency coming up now, I think it will be better for us to support one another, to be our brother's keeper, and then move on en masse. Maybe the, uh, the Air Force to do some air raid in our forest for us, and then come all those areas. Mm. For those one on the streets, let's leave it to ourselves, and then begin to see how we can exercise power and authority over these people. They cannot continue to take us for Look at those students now. Hmm. Where are the weak things they are now inside the bush? Their parents are there with tears, sorrows, and then probably nothing probably seen in, in the next one hour or two that these people will come back to, 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 to their parents. So what are we now seeing? If I am supporting the move of the Minister of uh, Defense, I think it will be that let us continue to, I mean, let's have opportunity for self-defense. Give us also our arms so that we'll be able to do this thing. I am telling you, I am not deviating from what Paul Luni has said this morning. We cannot continue like this. Mr. Buhari should listen to us. Though he has been, he has started talking now, but I don't think he's talking now. It's not enough. Let us see somebody who can serve us better than what he's doing now. The danger is looming. We cannot continue to swim ourselves in all this nonsense of come and give us 500 million before we release these people. Come and give us 1 billion. They use this money to purchase all these things they are still using against us. So for how long should we continue like this, sir? It's quite embarrassing for this nation. And then some people wanted to do Oro and we are saying no. I'm not a pessimist or whatever, but at the same time, if anybody wants to do that, or the, the developing one peace, let's let them go ahead. If you know how to ask God to do us help, let's go for God to help us. I am saying this so that it will be better for everybody. You can't wrong others and then continue to correct yours. I mean, to, to think that you are the only one upright. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for your contribution. We appreciate you, Mr. Kayade. Thank you for being part of the show. Edu A. Abayomi on Twitter says, Here we go again. Are these people truly bandits, insurgents, or outright terrorists? I hope the southern leaders are prepared because the emboldened criminals may be moving down south once they are done with the north. At this moment, I pity the national treasury. 
Shegun Bogi on Twitter says the insecurity situation in the north is the failure of northern leaders to send their children to school when they are young and things will continue to be worse and worse until they are able to wake up to their responsibilities. At Ade underscore Olu String says war is disastrous indeed but how long are we going to wait for peaceful dialogue convenience? There's no war declaration yet. Our people are being slaughtered in numbers. If the recent confab is not trusted again, why not converge another one? I think that, you know, before we even think about converging another confab, considering how much money was spent on the initial confab, let's go back to looking at, you know, adopting some of the resolutions from that initial confab. Implementing. Implementing, yes. Some of in the 2014. Yeah. You and I know that won't happen. I know it won't, but... And you, know, you and I know that uh, the open words of the manifesto of the APC in 2014 was devolution of powers mm-hmm. that has that happened. No. If governors are, are giving more power to tackle insecurity, as I'm talking about on, on the particular WhatsApp platform, to tackle insecurity. Now, it's not about their capacity or lack of capacity now. It's about the enabling framework. It's about the, the superstructure they are going to work on. The governor cannot order the CP. Somebody was telling me that uh, yes, they deployed soldiers there in Shasha the other day. Well, policemen, but they were just asked to look on hmm. until the IGP now says saying he started cutting from Abuja many hours, many days after Avok has been wrecked on the people. So, what we need for even for this security, what Mr. President can do is even an executive order will address this. An executive order that the CPs must report and take orders from their governors. You don't need to even go to National Assembly to do that. Do you understand? The, but is Mr. President ready to release some of the powers he's not using? Is Mr. President ready to devolve some of the mighty and gargantuan federal powers at his disposal, which is bringing no results to give to 36 governors to work at their domain? Is Mr. President ready to devolve uh, enough uh, security hardware to the fight against insecurity, technology, not this Sakamanje of a camera mm. on all the federal roads? Mm. You know? These are institutional things that Mr. President can just do by signi- signing in 100 days. How many, how many executive orders uh, Mr. Joe Biden signed? Yeah. And yeah. in five years, how many executive orders has our president signed? <laughs> so that means, look at the output, look at the work rate of the presidency. Look at the work rate, despite the gargantuan powers. And see, powers are useless if they are not put where you, where, to, to optimal use. It's just that you have a latent, potent power and you're unable to use it to remain there hmm. until hmm. you put it to use. Hmm. Taiwo Tolulakwa-Ladiron says the statement credited to General Magashi, the Minister of Defense, that Nigerians should stand up to defend themselves against insecurity is an admission of the failure of the whole security apparatus and institutions in Nigeria. And I agree, sir. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Moralake. Yes, good morning to you. Welcome on the show today. What's your name and where yes, are you calling from? I greet you. Engineer Apolabi, I'm calling from... Songo. Welcome, Engineer Falabi. Nice to have you here as always. Thank Let's you. have your contribution. Yes, thank you. Yes, I, I think I, I had the news in, in one of the radio stations. I want to know whether it is true that the, the National Assembly were asking the president to declare a state of emergency. I don't yes, know yes, that. Yes, I want yes, to declare about that. Yes. Now, 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 that means my perception is coming true. <laughs> Let me tell you, that is a road to live presidency. Go and mark it. If <laughs> you really think to, so, Engineer Polabi. Yeah, let, let me tell you how it will work. Now, crises are looming here and there, stringing up every part of the up part of the country. Mm. And the constitution allows it that when a crisis, the president can declare a state of emergency. And in, in that in that wise, 
the National Assembly will become a victim. They should know that. When they say that they will suspend the National Assembly. Hmm. Having done that, it becomes autocracy. So we are on the road. We have to be very, very cautious the way we relate to this. It's better for the National Assembly to to introduce to induce impeachment for the president now. Because it is a gross plan by some people to make Nigeria a presidency in a way. I just okay. want to Thank yet. you very much, sir. Thank you. We'll keep watching and seeing, and let's hope that you know what you what you fear does not become reality. I mean, our constitution does not permit that. So I. Don't you see, I was also bothered when you were saying the state of emergency. Mm. I thought that uh, the national assembly has actually asked the president to come. He did not come. Mm. We had evidence uh, saying they cannot invite him to the. Then I think something more drastic should have been done. You know, maybe a vote of no confidence and not asking to declare some emergency that is just on paper that will have no impact on, on, on ground. Mr. President can do a lot, even with just signing of one executive order, to review this whole process of the security architecture and apparatus in Nigeria and devolve more powers to the governors who need them to get things done. We're out of time for this morning, unfortunately. We can't take any more calls on the show. We want to appreciate everybody that dropped comments on Twitter and everybody that called us this morning and those that tried to call us but couldn't get through. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate you. Hakim Karim and I will be back next week on Tuesday. But before we run away, last words from Hakim Karim. Thank you for having me here. And do not forget that coronavirus is still with us and we should protect ourselves. Yes, so and don't forget to be a brother's keeper. Do something kind um, for a loved one, for a stranger. Um, they say kindness makes the world go round. So when I say kind, it doesn't have to be money. It could be even that two cups of Gary for that person in your area that you know might be struggling to eat or whatever. That's the only way we can move the country forward with empathy, with kindness, and with genuine love for each other. So be a brother's keeper this week. My name is Rolake Bello Oderinde. You just listened to Hakim Karim. And this is Fresh 105.9 FM. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Fresh Hearing the best makes you feel your best. Broadcasting worldwide. The latest hits and the greatest memories. Fresh. Fresh. 107.9 FM. That's the sound of opportunity. Knocking, knocking, and knocking again. Some people may not open door because they are allergic to opportunity. But as for you, you are smarter, isn't it? Wait, are you frustrated about how complicated it is to make money legitimately online today? Are you looking for a business opportunity that does not require you to bring two, three, ten, or more people before you succeed? And did you know, with just your smartphone, you can make millions of dollars using new secrets that some wealthy people hide away from you. Did you also know that you can begin goods importation at cheaper prices and sell at profitable margin with no gigantic capital? In the special seminar seat to come, we shall show you a system that can help you import high-quality products in large quantities from overseas at low prices and sell at good price to people in Africa and Europe while delivery to your customers is sorted out. Trust me, you don't need huge capital before you start. Delivery is to your doorsteps anywhere you are. 
And you can do these even if you are completely new to online business. Are you a student, employee, or businessman seeking additional way to make more money legitimately this month? Are you into dropshipping, e-commerce, or mini importation in search of better ways to get cheaper and quality products without going through an agent or to be free of importation and delivery stress? Then, do well to be part of this fascinating workshop organized for you to grow financially. Join one-day special physical workshop where you will learn how to establish your own online importation and e-commerce business one-on-one. -on -one. As instructors will be available to teach and guide you and you too will begin to make money. This workshop holds this Friday by 3 p.m. in the city of Abelkuta. To register for the workshop, go to www.soxxwithiodeji.com. Immediately you register, you will be directed to the WhatsApp group where you will receive the venue and address to the workshop. If you also desire financial breakthrough, what are you waiting for? Register today. Go to www.soxxwithiodg.com for more inquiries. 081 6265 6265 6715. Again, 081 6265 6715. Note, first come, first serve. The first 30 candidates to register will be favorably considered. Waste no time. So, go to www.successwithiodg.com and register now with just 1000.